So I'd like to welcome you to this meeting on how to make a thriving community. This is based on His Holiness Bhakti Chaitanya Maharaj's four principles of community. But we'll also talk a little bit about the importance of sound. Uh, the importance of sound because uh, ladies like to talk. And so the quality of sound is important when <laughs> we talk to each other. So I'd like to talk a bit about that and why it's important to talk positively about Krishna conscious things and not to gossip and not to criticize. <laughs> so we'll have the first section about that and then after that it will be about the four principles of community building. Yeah. And this is actually, men can also do this too, but um, we're doing it for ladies especially today. So you can get these ideas. So it is stated in Vedanta Sutta that sound is the origin of all objects. The beginning of creation is sound. And by sound, one can also dissolve this material existence. So what do we mean by dissolving this material existence? It doesn't mean the devastation. It means liberation by sound. We dissolve our material desires by chanting Hare Krishna and by speaking spiritual things. Then we dissolve our material <coughs> desires, we dissolve our subtle body, which is full of material desires. And so Prabhupada in one purpose says, the particular sound capable of ending our material entanglement is Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. That's the sound that dissolves our material desires. And everything we will get, all our necessities, our spiritual necessities especially, food. some can elevate us, some can degrade us. So we can bring each other up or we can bring each other down, simply by sound, simply by how we speak. So if we encourage, inspire, enliven one another, then we are uplifted. So I would like to share with you one, something I heard about fault-finding, um, yes, fault-finding or forgiveness. So this is important for us. Uh, patience and forgiveness, these are qualities that are very important for spiritual life. Um, we want mercy sometimes. Uh, we want, we judge other people. This will be part of our, our presentation today also. We judge people, we make assumptions about other people. Just by looking at someone, we can, we get so many thoughts in our mind. Oh, <laughs> this person is rich, this person is poor, this person is neat, this person is untidy, this person is old, young. Uh, we get, we just look at a person and we think, oh, we think thoughts, negative or positive. Uh, because of this Kali Yuga, it's mostly negative. <laughs> negative thoughts, we compare them to ourselves. Uh, so we have to be careful about that. And when, when uh, things go wrong, we want mercy for ourselves. You know, if we do something wrong, we want mercy. But if somebody else does something wrong, we want justice. Mercy for ourselves and justice for others. 
So, um, <laughs> yeah, these are things, habits, which we need to change. We need to change. So, Shivatthi Vinod Thakur, he talks about devotees. Um, he talks about envious, envious people. Uh, one who, there's different kinds of envious people, and one kind is the, has no mercy. And kind of, we were talking about class, about people, Indra was envious. So if you don't have, if you're envious of someone, then, then you might be lacking mercy or forgiveness. And this is a manifestation of envy. So mercy, tolerance, forgiveness are very important. And uh, if you want to develop bhakti, spiritual life. Rupa Goswami says the duty of a devotee is to practice forgiveness. A duty of a devotee, he, he excuses any offense by an ignorant, ignorant rascal. This is Chaitanya Shatamrita. And he's always kind to the poor and fallen. So Vaishnava. The word, so Vishnu, duty of a Brahmana is to cultivate the quality of forgiveness. And Vishnu is one expansion of Krishna, uh, supreme controller. And Vaishnava, we are devotees of Vishnu in that sense. We are Vaishnavas, Vaishnavis. We are all devotees of Vishnu in, in, that, in one sense. And the Vaishnavas is, uh, serves under the supervision of senior devotees of the Lord. Now one category of senior devotees in this world are the demigods. Uh, so as the Lord's representatives, they are qualified to judge good and bad deeds of the conditioned souls. So in that sense, we could say that being a devotee means to work in the Lord's courtroom. So we have two choices as to which court we want to work in. The first court is that of the devotee uh, Mahajan Yamaraj. And the second court is the court of Lord Nityananda. So working in Yamaraj's court means we help Chitra Gupta, whose job is to note down all the mistakes and sinful acts of others. So if we do that, we're helping Yamaraj count the sins. Uh, Narada Prancharata describes a fault finder is lowest of mankind. If the sins are true, the person who is counting them will equally share the sin with the sinner. So be careful. If the accusation is untrue, false, you will get double the sin of what the sinner should get. So if you accuse someone of doing something and it's not true, you will, you will get the reaction of it as if you had done the sin twice. You will get double the reaction. So be very, very careful. Yeah. So intelligent devotees want to work in the court of, of Nityananda. Uh, Nityananda is described Adosha Darshimor Prabhu Nityananda Nabajino Hano Prabhu Charnaravinda. He's Adosha Darshi, he doesn't see the faults of others. More Prabhu. He's my Prabhu. So we should question what does it mean to worship Nityananda? Just like you worship the sun with a giwik, with fire, or Ganga with water. So we worship all forgiving Lord Nityananda by ourselves being forgiving. 
by being forgiving, we can worship Nityananda. If we're busy finding faults, then we're not worshiping Nityananda. But we're working for Chichagupta. So to worship Nityananda means to give up fault finding and propensity for bearing grudges. There was one Brahmin who lived across the street from a prostitute. And the Brahmana was counting all the customers of the prostitute. And the prostitute was counting all the people who came to get blessings from the Brahmana. So guess who went where after death? The prostitute was elevated and the Brahmana was degraded. As he was meditating on the prostitute, she was meditating on the Brahmana, wishing, oh, I wish I could be so saintly. And so check your meditation. Check your meditation. Very, very important. So. Prabhupada in his purport to Chaitanya Chaitamrita, Adi Lila, says, it is a qualification of a Vaishnava. He's a dosha darshi. He never sees others' faults. So we have a choice to make which courtroom we want to work in, Yamarashas or Nityanandas. And one thing to consider in our decision is whichever court we decide to work for, we will also be judged in that court. So be careful. Okay, so... Um, no. We're going to talk about the well, there are four principles of community building. First, number one, treat everyone you encounter as if the success of your spiritual life depends on the quality of your interactions with them. So whoever you meet, you should think, oh, how I treat them will depend upon my success in spiritual life, will depend on that, how I treat this person. Very important. Number one, first principle. We're going to go over these principles um, one by one. I'll just tell you what they are first, and then we'll go over them uh, one by one. The second principle is to think about the person you love the most and aspire to treat everyone with that same quality of love. So love, love, kindness, mercy. We should, when we deal with other people, we should think in these terms, love, kindness, mercy. Number three, so number one, treat everyone we meet as if the success of our spiritual life depends on it. Number two, reflect on the person you love the most and treat everyone with that quality. And number three, if you have a conflict with someone, view it as your fault. See conflicts as a chance for growth, to clarify perceptions, to create synergy. So I'd just like to ask you a question at this point. Where we're saying that we should see conflicts as a change, uh, chance for growth. How, how would we see a conflict as good for our growth? What can, how would we look at a conflict and say, oh, this is good for my growth and spiritual life? Yes? We'd have to be introspective of ourselves. Yeah, we would, okay. We'd have to be introspective, that would be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we try not to be critical. Um, 
and uh, we can learn something from it. We can see it as a learning experience. See the other person's point of view. See the other person's point of view. And learning experience would help us to grow because we might find out our own anarthas. When we have a conflict with someone, then we can find out our anarthas. What, what is some, maybe some things that are defects in our actions or in our perceptions of others, we might find. Okay. And the fourth one, realize that the people in your present environment might very well the people with whom you will live out your life and who will be with you at the time of death. So see those people who are around you as your companions, life companions. Um, so treat them wonderfully. So the first principle we're going to discuss now is treat everyone you meet as if the success of your spiritual life depends on the quality of your interactions. So how would we do that? How would we, um, if we want to apply this principle of treating everyone we meet as if the success of our spiritual life. So if we meet someone, then how would we practically apply this principle? What would we do? Mm-hmm. You have some? We would see Krishna in everyone's heart. See Krishna in everyone's heart. Okay. So suppose you see Krishna in that person's heart. What would you do? How would you? You would respect that person. Yeah, okay. Anything else you would do? Yeah? Smile. Okay. Uh huh. What else would you do if you meet? Serve. Serve. Serve serve the person. How to serve. Okay. And. uh, Build relationship. Make relationship. All right. How would you speak? Sweetly. Hmm? Sweetly. Sweetly. Kind words. Appreciation. Appreciate them. Appreciate them. Kind words. Um, just like in one, one of the places I lectured, there was a lady who was working in customer service, and she was having a hard time because people were not treating her nicely. <laughs> and so I was giving her advice, you know, just see something good in the person, their hairdo, their earrings, their necklace. <laughs> and, and, and compliment on that, compliment them and say, oh, yeah, I really like it. <laughs> They'll get thrown off, you know. Um, so this is helpful uh, when you meet someone. You appreciate them. Any other ideas? How would you speak? Yeah? Not count their faults. Don't count their faults. <laughs> Good, we learned. We learned from this morning. Don't count their faults. Uh-huh. Be happy. Be happy. Be happy to meet them. Yeah, be happy to meet them. Okay, so we're going to practice a little bit here now. This is supposed to be an interactive session. So, we would, I would like you to choose somebody who you know in this room. And, and speak some words of appreciation for, for what they have done. So you can raise your hand. Raise your hand, you can, and we're going to share it. Yes? Who? 
Mother? Chekitana. Chekitana. Oh. No, she's going to speak. So, what, what would you like? What do you appreciate about her? Always be there with everyone, not with me. Everyone will be very sweet. She always speak kind words. Sweet and, and speak kind words, you do. <laughs> so you're an she example likes, of what we're trying to so talk about here. Guy okay. like spiritual life and uh, uh -huh. good spiritual. You're very. You talk about spiritual things. Yeah. Good. Anybody else have? Yes. I speak about Krishna Lila. Krishna Lila. When we moved here, I think 20, 19, 20 years ago, Trishnadina Mataji didn't even know. I just knew her friend who lived in Sydney. Mm -hmm. And when we moved here, she offered, she let us stay in her place, my whole family. And we stayed here as long as we found jobs. So we were with her, so, and she looked after her, and she was very kind to us. So Krishnadina let you stay in your place. Yeah. Her, your place, her place. Someone who Very kind, even kindness. Know, never she didn't know you. <laughs> okay, thank you for that, Krishna Lila. Anybody else like to appreciate somebody here? Yeah, Chekitana. Do you want to appreciate Damianti? Damianti. Yes. Who's Damianti? Yes. She's, she's a, um, an older devotee for the temple. She served um, uh, the temple, usually dressing deities and focused on the deity worship. Uh -huh. And um, she's also had to go through um, a lot of changes within her family, with her husband and her son, and had to deal a lot with her internally, with herself okay. and her attitudes and being humble and had a cope with life. And she also works at the hospital and she gives out a lot to the people at the hospital. Good, good. Okay, we're appreciating Damianti. Anybody else here? Yes? I'd like to appreciate uh, Janapriya Mataji. Janapriya, okay. <laughs> Um, very, uh, she has a very good um, power of seva. She's always yes. in the temple doing sevas and um, very humble, very loving. Good. And so much to give to everyone. Uh -huh. And especially to me, she's really a big moral support and um, lots of nice, sweet words to me. Good, and good. In every way I can feel I'm comfortable talking to her about every aspect of my life. And she's always giving me very nice advices as well. Good, so we have good examples in this community here. <laughs> Of, of giving loving devotees. Yes? Mother Sita. Mother? Mother Sita. Who's that? Oh. She helped me a lot when I had my son. We had a little family here. She used to cook every week and bring prasadam along. Wow. Delicious prasadam, a lot of chapati. Okay, good, good. Yes? I would like to appreciate Satya Sundari Didi. Who, what's her name? Satya Sundari. Satya Sundari. Yeah. Okay. Since I met her, like she's always been there, my best friend. Best friend. She's, listening. she's got mm -hmm. such a beautiful listening ear. Listening, oh, okay. Yes, that's important. Not only must we speak, we must listen. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's she's even harder speaking. than speaking <laughs> sometimes. And not only her, also multi. Mataji, she's always been there for us as well. Okay. She's another one who's got a beautiful seva mood. She's always in the serving mood. She's always cooking. It's so nice. Who's cooking? Maluti? Miss Mataji. Oh, okay, good. Yes? I would also like to, uh, yes, agree with this Mataji about Janapriya. She's been very helpful to me. Um, and 
as a new devotee to this temple. So finding my feet, um, I can ask Jyotia anything, and she's always happy to give any help she can. So wow, okay. We're so fortunate to have these jewels here in our community. <laughs> so nice, so nice. So try to appreciate each other more, and I think that will be helpful for a thriving community. Uh, this is, uh, so treat whoever you meet uh, as if your spiritual life depends on it. Now the next one, the next one is uh, reflect on the person you love the most and treat everyone with that same quality of love. So when, when we start our day, we're going to meet many people and it's good to have an idea how we're going to go about our day. Do we want to spread love and kindness and mercy? It's, then we should keep that in mind, that today I would like to help others in this way, love, kindness, and mercy. And uh, especially everyone is, is Vaishnavas here. Of course, we can also extend our mercy to the those who are not Vaishnavas too, and we do. If you're going on Harinam, then you can think, how can I... Uh, uh, give this kindness, this love, this mercy to others. So this is, so at this point, uh, we we feel we are blessed. We are blessed by so much mercy is coming to us, and so much help. So we should be also open to express that to others. So right now, I would like you to, this is not going to be something out loud that we share. This, is, this will be, uh, like to think of somebody in your community who needs extra love, who might be having a difficult time. And I would like you mentally to say a prayer for that person at this point. We won't, we don't, we won't share this. This is private and personal. And I would just like you to think for one minute of somebody who really needs some extra love in your community at this point. Okay, so we talked about meeting people with love, kindness, and mercy. Now we're going to talk about the, four, the third principle of uh, thriving community, how to transform conflicts by changing the way we perceive others. Accept the conflict is your fault. So here I'm taking something from my god sister, Sukha Vaha, who got it from somewhere, and I don't know where. And it's called the Four Agreements. You might have heard about it. Yeah, good, good. So we're going to talk about that today as a way to transform conflicts by changing the way we perceive things and perceive others. So there's four 
principles, four things that you practically have to um, have a habit of. First of all, when you speak, be impeccable with your words. Speak the truth. That's number one. Speak the truth. Speak with integrity. Uh, number two, don't take anything personally. If you're having a conflict, don't take it personally. But, yeah, don't think, oh, this person has something against me and that's why they're, I have trouble with them. Don't take it personally. Number three, don't make assumptions. Don't think you know what the other person is thinking. Yeah, that's a problem. Sometimes we get in a conflict and you say, oh, yeah, I know, what, I know why you're saying that. I know what you're thinking. Number four, always do your best. Yes. So now we're going to go through these four, how to change our perceptions. The first one was to be impeccable with your word. So when you speak, uh, it's not good to speak indirectly. You should say what you mean. Sometimes, especially in India, I, f I find people speak very indirectly. Like if they say, this will be ready for you tomorrow, it could mean, <laughs> it could mean, uh, it could be next week, it could be next year, it could be never, because tomorrow never comes. <laughs> so uh, do speak what you mean. Do speak what you mean. Uh, avoid speaking against yourself also, or against others. Don't put yourself down. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you a question there? Last night when you were speaking at Gopinath Dharm, you were speaking about Vrindavan, and you know, that's the atmosphere in that place, is Vrindavan. But I kept thinking, I want to say to you, well, what about Mayapur? Is, is <laughs> what about Mayapur? <laughs> is that taking over from Vrindavan? Well, the reason I was speaking about Vrindavan is because that's where I live. That's where I live. So I have experience of Vrindavan. So the, the point that I'm trying to understand is when you find something coming up to say, then you, do you have to use your judgment whether it's the right time and place to say that? Yeah, you do, yeah. Right. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I mean, I could speak about Mayapur also. It's more merciful than Vrindavan mm -hmm. and less intense. That's what my experience of Mayapur is. It's very merciful. Vrindavan <laughs> is very... You get, you get your karma quickly. A thousand times more. <laughs> if you do anything in Vrindavan, <laughs> watch out. Um, yes. Okay. Now, uh, I would like to ask you... Another thing about um, speaking the truth, uh, when you speak, try to uh, make your speaking in the direction of truth and love. Try to make it in that direction. Mercy. Try to be merciful when you speak. Don't be too heavy with others. Don't bang them on the head. Yes, that's Gita says that. Speech should be, the truth should be pleasing and beneficial. Just like uh, there is one example. Uh, this um, Akbar had a minister, Birbal. And uh, 
one astrologer came to the king and said, uh, the king had a dream and he asked for an interpretation of the dream. And uh, the astrologer said, oh, because he, he the, the, the king dreamt that all his teeth fell out. And so the astrologer said, that means all your family will die before you, before you die. And the king said, get him out. <laughs> so then the astrologer went to Burbal and said, oh, what should I do? And Burbal gave him instruction. Change your, disguise yourself so you don't look the same and go back and say these words instead. So he went back to the king and he said, and the king told him the dream and the astrologer said, this means that you will live the longest of all your family. <laughs> And he gave him so much gold, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was that both were the truth, but how he spoke it was different. How he spoke it, not to upset the person. Not to upset. You, you can speak it negatively or positively. Yeah, so first time he spoke negatively the truth. Uh, and then the third, second time he spoke it positively. So uh, that's, we have to see. But think before you speak, if you're going to, how will this affect the other person? Um, so I'd just like to ask you a question of, um, what, what is an example of, I'm saying you should say only what you mean. Can anybody think of an example of how you could say what you mean? Or you could give an example of how you could say what you don't mean. That might be easier. Um, <laughs> Any any ideas? Say only what you mean, or say, yes. What we just spoke about. Uh -huh, yeah. The other messages uh -huh. and our appreciation or our appreciation. Okay, that's saying so what that's you mean. What we were saying, like the say what we mean. Coming out with nice words. That yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. So that was an example. Good. Yes. And if you if you're in a conflict and you have to say what you mean, then keep the emotion out of it. Okay, if you're in a conflict and have to say what you mean, keep the emotion out of it. That's important. That's important. Because uh, they, will take, they, won't hear you. they won't hear your words. They'll hear your emotion. They'll hear your anger. Or they'll hear your... They will hear that before they hear your words. Especially children, I think, that might. They will hear what you, what, how you are. And they will react to that rather than the words. Good. Any other ideas on that? Yes. Yes, I think sometimes we want to say something to somebody, mm -hmm. but we don't. So yeah. it might be a compliment, or mm -hmm. you think, oh, you know, I love this lady's sorry, but then I don't say it. <laughs> so I think it's nice to. Say, yes, yeah, good. So that's good. So come out and say it. Don't just think it. Mm. You get, you do get the good reaction for thinking good in Age of Kali. So you will get the benefit. But it's good to to say it. Also come out and say it. Yes, because sometimes we're shy, or something holds us back. So we should we should appreciate others. Say it. Go out and say it. That's that's nice. So tonight we did that. We're thinking good things about others, but how often do we say it? How often do we express our appreciation of others? 
Good, good. So now the second part of of helping us to transform conflicts, the second thing, don't take anything personally. What others do or say, this is a projection of their own reality. They see, if they're angry with you, then usually that's how they see the world, with anger. Anger is a problem. It's not just you. Um, So when you're immune to the opinions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. So I saw one statement by a person who understood this fact. He said, or she said, I used to worry about what others were thinking about me until I realized that no one was thinking about me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just met one, one mother who had a son who was troubled, and the son actually took his own life because he was thinking, nobody likes me, everybody hates me. And so it's, it's, we have to get out of these habits that could lead to, to distress. Thinking, of, yes? Could you just repeat the sentence where you said immune to the... Okay, immune. When you're immune to the opinions or actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. Thank you. Yeah. Uh-huh. How do you how do you develop that immunity? How do you develop that resistance? How do you develop the immunity to the opinions or actions of others? So um, you must understand uh, your own value. How what are the good qualities of yourself? Not that you become proud or anything, but oftentimes ladies struggle with with this um, um, self abnegation that, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not doing it right. And this is, not, this is not good to be negative about yourself as well. You should be positive. No, I can do something, I can do this with the help of Krishna, with the help of Prabhupada. With, uh, I can be an instrument, yes, of good. Let me be an instrument of good. So yes, often we have that um, wrong type of humility which is not good, uh, putting ourselves down. We should not put anyone else, and we should not put ourselves down either. Uh, we should have, uh, we should personally uh, accept ourselves and see the good in ourselves too. Be confident, be confident. Yes, Chikitana? I've got something written on my wall. I had to do it because of my family at one stage. Uh-huh. And it says, um, don't overvalue those who devalue you. Don't overvalue those who devalue you. Okay, good. Yes, don't take it personally. So anybody would like to give an example of not taking things personally? I can think of any, yes? From personal life? Or? Any, as, as you like. I have a son who, he's okay now, who has ADHD. So oh. when he was younger and he lost his temper, he would say really nasty things. Uh-huh. And initially the way I coped with this, I got very emotional. And it always escalated terribly, like it ended up terribly with him losing his temper. But then I developed strategies by talking to people who are qualified. And whenever he lost his temper, I was very emotionally stable. And mm-hmm. I never... and 
it ended up better than it used to. And afterwards, he would feel really guilty about it. And he really apologized. So it's how you react. It's how you react to it, okay? Yes. It's what she's saying. When her son lost his temper, then she reacted emotionally, and it ended up bad. Yeah, and he would say nasty things to you when he's lost his And you would get very angry. And you get angry when you would say nasty things. You take it personally. And you take it personally. Yeah. Okay. But it was not that he really meant it. it no. He was just losing it because of his yes. disease. Yes. The disease, the mental disease he had. Okay, so that's a good example. Mm -hmm. I don't know about the example, but like uh, when you don't want to take something personally, I think you should try and understand that other person. Yeah, when you don't take things personally, you try to understand the other person. Yeah. Try and be in their shoes. In their issues. Right. Okay, so don't take it personally. Speak the truth. The third thing is don't make assumptions. This is very, very important. Um, you should find the courage to ask questions, express what you really want to somebody, and communicate really clearly to avoid misunderstandings and dramas and, and things like that. So this, this one can really transform your life. Don't make assumptions about others. Just like one time I was, I'm, I'm in airports a lot. So I was sitting in an airport and I saw this man and he looked to me, I said, oh, he looks like a drug dealer. I better stay away from him. He was uh, madly on the phone and making all these gestures and pacing back and forth. And, and then I was standing and I, I happened to get next to him in line to go on the airplane, and the man was so kind, he said, oh, can I help you with your luggage? <laughs> I thought, uh-oh, <laughs> I felt so bad <laughs> that, you know, you, you just make these assumptions, you know, like, especially if you're sitting at the airport, you're looking at all these different people, and you're thinking, oh. <laughs> and then after that, I thought, oh, my God, I, I, was, my, I was so bad. <laughs> my mind was, like, really bad. So, um, okay, so the next question was, um, yeah. Can I just say something about the clear communication? Clear communications. Yeah, I think it's so important, but it's so much harder for us these days because of the technology. And people yeah, yeah, hard. It's, you think it's, it's made it harder because of technology. It's made it harder, become more personal. It's supposed to be easier with technology, right? <laughs> Faster, in an instant you can communicate. So why is it not better? I think it's because you can't really get your message personally across in the right way. You can't get your message personally across. You need to be face to face. And, uh huh. Okay. Okay. Yes. With this uh, social media, it's quite easy to write somebody and you know write something, and you can easily upset them with the words. Yeah, I know. It's quite easy to upset somebody with your words. So this is where we have to speak the truth now. And careful what we speak on social media. But if you are face to face, then there's more feelings. There's more yeah, you can feelings. see the reaction. You can you can so when you're face to face. Assess. Yeah, yeah. 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 Assess. you can judge and assess when you're face to face. Uh -huh. Yeah, body language. Of course, there's always Skype, uh, <laughs> FaceTime. <laughs> uh, there are ways. On the social media, <laughs> you can do on the video, but even it's still it's not the same. Not the same though. They would like you to think it is. 
the same. Yeah, so my next question is, what kind of assumptions um, do we make about people, about others? What are some examples of, yeah, Chikitana? That people know what we're thinking. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. We assume people, they know what I'm thinking. Oh. It's good or bad? <laughs> Usually it's not good. <laughs> we, we think negatively, don't we? That, that they're not thinking good about me. No, we might be doing something, we might just think, oh, they know what, our, what we're thinking, we, they know what our actions are, uh-huh. but they don't understand why we're doing something. Yeah, so it's it's a you're, we think it's it's uh, they they don't understand us. We're thinking that they think what we're they know what we're doing, but they don't understand. Not even that. Just that you might be doing, you, you might be um, behaving a certain way, and you uh, you think that they do know who you are and what you what you're about. But they actually don't. Yeah. And you probably need to clarify something, you know. Yeah, you need to clarify. Yeah. You need to clarify. Instead of just hoping they know. Uh-huh. Yes. I think to extend on what Madhati is saying, it's not just that we think we know what their story is, but in the example of someone leaving their physical body, mm. oh, I know what you feel. So we always we also think that we know what someone's feeling. And we, we think we know what someone's feeling. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's assumption. That's one type of assumption we have. Mm-hmm. Another type is when you can tell someone, you know, you give them instruction of what to do, and they get it completely wrong, even though you've said what to, you know, you've given them the instruction what to do, but they've huh. done it. So and they get it wrong completely. So what is your, what is the assumption that they, they, they heard what you said? Heard <laughs> what you said, but apparently um, our friend Michelle. She was saying that um, you, ha- you have to get them to repeat it back so you know that uh, you're Okay. So here's a, here's a some, uh, good advice here. Uh, when you instruct someone, have, have them repeat it back to you so you know they got it. And that's also an advice in hearing. When you're hearing someone, repeat it to them. I mean, that's how they teach you in nonviolent communication that you do repeat what you heard from the person. So then they know you're hearing. You could just be sitting there and half asleep, you know, and thinking something else completely. And so if you repeat what they say, then that is, uh, that is good, that is helpful. What other so- sort of assumptions do we ma- uh, make about others? That's all. <laughs> yeah. Like I assumed this man was a drug dealer. <laughs> that was pretty extreme. <laughs> it's my appearance. Yeah. You assume if someone's got tattoos and got a big beard and it, he must be a bikey or he's not doing Okay, if they've got tattoos and a big beard, he must be a bikey. Okay. <laughs> That's an example of an assumption. That's an example. He wouldn't be a devotional person. Yeah, I know. I saw somebody like this in the airport, really, with chains, you know. And it was in Sweden, and just on the way in the car, my host was talking about how the Vikings came to Sweden 
or the, Swed or the Swedish were Vikings, they were talking about the Vikings, and I said, yeah, we just saw some Vikings. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you, yeah you, do, you do make assumptions. You do make assumptions. Mm -hmm. Yes, Kashmir. was telling us once that the biggest assumption is that we assume we have the material bodies. The biggest assumption is we assume we're this body. Yeah, it's misidentification. That's the biggest. We assume, yeah, this is me. I am Australian. I am American. I'm Indian. I'm this. I'm that. That's our biggest assumption. So he was teaching the communication. Yeah, yeah. This is our assumption. So, don't make assumptions. <laughs> don't make assumptions. Although you could challenge your assumptions. Yeah, okay, that's good. If you see your assumption, challenge it. <laughs> and don't do it again. Walk up to the bikey and say, do you want a book? Right. Yeah, go and give him a book. Yes. Make him chant Hare Krishna once. That's yeah. what you see on Harina. Harina. You, when you go out and you're giving out books or giving out stickers, you think, oh, this person isn't, will not receive this well. And they do, and you kind of shock yourself. <laughs> like Soumya Mataji, sometimes out of 11 books, five she'll be selling to Muslims. And that really, I was amazed. But oh, five to Muslims. Yeah, yeah we don't make a sum. Take them to take them? Yeah. Why not? Like, that's what our assumption is. Uh, yeah, we may assume Muslim won't take books. We may assume. We may assume that. But uh, and then yeah, so that's this is a very good thing to do on Harinam. Don't make assumptions. That this person can take it, and this person can't. We don't know. Uh, you know who, what kind of soul is there, and what their aspirations are. Now it's much, much. Uh, people are much more open to yoga, meditation, and you know, finding out about themselves more. There's an openness now. Especially with the climate change. With the climate change. Yeah, uh -huh. frightened and... Right. Oh, that's good. We have the solution for climate change. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's true, we do. The way to change the climate is to change the consciousness of the people. So they won't be so greedy and make the climate bad for money. Yeah. Okay, any other assumptions that we make? So, so yes? We should, not, we should not be making assumptions because we should not be thinking bad about people. Right. Like for example, if I'm thinking, oh, my husband is lazy. Yeah, yeah, better not. And if you if you speak it, he will. They will become lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. No, what happens when you see them do something right? Then you appreciate them. Wow, I was. Yeah, I was waiting so long for you to cut the grass, and I... Yes. Uh, no, don't say that. Is that what you were thinking? Oh, you just say, oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Just appreciate when he does it. Just say, wow, you cut the grass. It's so amazing. And now I can walk on it. <laughs> Stopping the assumption in the first place, you're just trying to think 
Yeah, you have to think nicely and and pick up their good the good points. Pick up like look for something good in the day that your husband does. You know, if he does something without your asking, that's amazing. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Takes patience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you say to your kid, "You're so lazy," then they will be. You know, they'll 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 say, "Yeah, you you said I'm lazy. Okay, see how lazy I am." <laughs> you know? uh, you're not listening to me. They won't listen. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you have to be. Good, good point, dear. Okay. Does it work the other way around? Does it work the other way around? If you think that he's always the best uh, husband yes. in the world and so on. Yeah, that would, that, it will help. It will help. It will help in mm-hmm. positive? It's not that he thinks... It will help if you're positive. He, he will get the good vibrations. He will feel that. They will feel that from you. Yeah. That you're thinking positive. Mm-hmm. Might be a shock for them, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does it make them feel that? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, okay, four four things. Speak the, uh, speak the truth. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions, and the last thing is always do your best. Now, one thing you should know is that your best is going to change from one moment to another. And when you're sick, your best might be something else. When you're tired, your best might be not the, not the optimum. Not the, but when but when you're you're happy, when you're optimistic, when you're positive, then your best can be very very good. So um, we should we should not judge, have self judgment, self abuse, and regret. And so this these four things um, will help you to uh, transform your conflicts. Don't take it personally. Do your best. Speak the truth. These things will help you in your conflicts with others. Mataji, I have a question. Mm-hmm. How can we deal with an angry person? How do you deal with an angry person? Count to ten. Yeah, there are ways. Uh, Yeah, I did. um, Yes. How do you deal with an angry person? Uh, It's best, as she said, don't don't show your emotions. Uh, Try to talk peacefully and... And and one thing I I heard was oh you're speaking too quickly I can't hear what you're saying can you speak more slowly that's one thing you can do I really cannot hear what you're saying is you're talking too fast can you slow down a bit that that might help I mean that's one thing you can do you have other ideas and don't tell them what they're doing is wrong like don't get an argument with don't get an argument don't tell them what they're doing is wrong. Let them calm down, and later you can have that discussion. Yeah, let them calm down, and then later you can just say, oh, yeah, sorry, uh, right now I'm, I have to do this. Can we talk about it later? Give them a glass of water. Give them a glass of water. <laughs> that way they can stop talking for a while. 
<laughs> yeah, give them some food or a glass yeah, of water, and then that them, way. And I think never tell them calm down. Don't tell them to calm down. <laughs> yes. If you just change the place. Change the place. Yeah, change. Instead of just discussing, just leave the room or yeah. wait. Okay, leave the room? Yeah, yeah. leave it. Go, go away. Go away. Yes? Um, my mom had a problem with my brother when he was younger, and he he would always like get angry with her and stuff, and she just um, put like in his tea or some drink, you know, some common drops. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, put some calming drops in their tea. <laughs> yeah, this I have heard. I have heard this. This works. I have heard this. Um, <laughs> that's an extreme measure, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, you're you're dealing with an extreme situation, so it's good to. Yeah, you have to know things you can do. Options. Options. But when are, when are they going to learn that they are... Uh, yeah, they don't are worry about them. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we are just calming them down or we are taking a back step. They will just make it a habit to get angry and... Yeah, uh, you need them, they need counseling. Mm. They need, um, if you want, if, only professionals can help. Yeah. You cannot help with your... Um, dealings with them and you, but they have to want to get help yeah. it's their choice you can't force anyone uh, but they have to know it's a problem there is something called Asperger's where, where you can't control your anger there is a mental problem called Asperger's there is uh, and there are symptoms of that and also um, there's treatment you can can have for it, Asperger's, yeah, it's, it's a, and you, you expect perfection in everything, and everyone except yourself, of course. Uh, you expect everybody to be perfect, and if they don't, if they're not perfect, you get angry. This is called Asperger's. Hmm. Hmm? Everyone not everyone. There are many symptoms that go with it. You have to. It's not that everyone that gets angry has it, but if if it's something that happens a lot, and it's common, and the person is very negative all the time, and ex expecting perfection, you can look up the symptoms, and see. Yeah, I had I had one devotee who had, who I thought had those symptoms, and she looked them up. She said, "Yes, that's how I feel." And she got it diagnosed because she was suffering mental illness, and and she had she couldn't control. It. And I said, okay, look up this. And she, but she was open to it. She was open to it, and she was open to getting help. And and uh, yeah, and now she's changed. Now she can see the other person's point of view. And she is saying, I don't know how they tolerated me <laughs> before. <laughs> so it it yeah, it's helpful. To get it diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And also, like I noticed from my personal experience with some like friends and other people and family members, that um, when they get older, 
they appreciate more, they kind of calm down. And mm -hmm. if, if it's no disease or no extreme cases, right, right. they usually, if you just keep going and, you know, try to surf and stay calm, you know, they eventually, they appreciate and they also calm down. Okay, so, there, so there's hope. These people will eventually appreciate and calm down when they get older. <laughs> Hopefully you don't have to wait too long. <laughs> yeah. You were saying that the person has to be willing to get help. So mm, that's are right. there things that we can do to make them more um, willing to get help? How can you make them more willing to get help? Um, well, you can Google the symptoms and show them. Do you think this? You you feel? Do you feel like this? Because <laughs> Google is an authority these days. <laughs> For many people, <laughs> my son, <laughs> Google, Google said it. He told me, Google said that in a fig tree, the wasps go inside the fig and the fig eats the wasp. I said I don't believe it. <laughs> no, it says on Google. So what? <laughs> <laughs> figs don't eat wasps. When you open it, if it's brown in a spot, that's where the wasp has been eaten. Yeah. And so I, I used to open and look if there's a brown spot, I would yes. eat that. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but I still don't believe it unless I see one inside. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have, yes? more to like instead of us wanting we can't change anybody no we can't we can really change we can change ourselves yeah. that's right or be um, the change that we would like to see exactly a good role model for example whatever but also we can take on others karma yeah. I know this from clinic. I had many years in clinic. I'm a practitioner. You're pretty, uh, what, what sort of practitioner? Natural medicine. Natural medicine, okay. Mm. You, yeah, you can take, a, you take your kids' karma. Yes, but I've you found do. a lot of people with mental health issues mm. and anger issues that the Madhujis have been talking about. Right. That for myself, for my own protection, not to take on. Yeah, journey, don't take it. It's their journey, it's their karma. Exactly. And if I take that on, if I overstep that, then I'm changing their karma, and I'm, I'm not... Right, involved. exactly. So, you have to do yes. what, what they accept you to do, what yes. they will allow you to do. Yes. Yeah, yeah, don't take... That's very important, mm. not only for practitioners, but for everyone, mm. to be careful not to take on the karma mm. of others. Yes. And that's why we give them spiritual advice, because that's uh, purifying them and purifying us. It's purifying them and us. If it's your job, that's another thing, to, to help people. If it's your, your practitioner, if you're a counselor or something, uh, then that's, that's your job. So I'm sure they have their ways not to accept the karma, the counselors and, and others. They must have their ways. Good, good advice here. We're learning a lot today. Yes. Do you think it might be a good idea if uh, if we try and analyze why they are angry? Maybe because of the well, circumstances. Well, try to analyze why they're angry. Yeah, the but maybe it won't help. Ill or they've got some bad news or bad news or ill. Yeah, but for some people it's habitual. Mm -hmm. Some people it's habitual. Then it's a disease. Mm -hmm. If somebody gets angry, that's, that's normal. Yeah. I mean, people get angry. Yeah. 
it's natural. That, that happens. But if it's habitual, yeah. if it's their way of life, then that's mental problem. You can tell if they're getting angry about silly things that you think that's so true. If you're getting angry about silly things, you like can trivial tell. Things trivial things. Trivial things. Okay, yes, check it out. Um, also, uh, when my daughter was um, younger, uh, you know, I had a lot of problems with her anger. And my mom used to just say to me, just ignore her, because she wanted to see me angry. You know, she, uh, she wanted to see, your daughter angry. wanted to see you angry. Yeah. So your mother gave the advice, just, just ignore, ignore her. her. And then if they don't get the rise from you, then it's defeated it then, you know. You're right, right. And the wind out of their sails. Yeah, one time... Uh, I asked one uh, Mahavishnu Swami, not the one, the old one who left his body, how do you deal with teenagers? So he, he, he answered in two words, don't talk. <laughs> That's interesting advice. What did he mean? Yeah, don't deal, just uh, don't take them seriously, don't. You know, don't be angry. Don't don't try to advise them. <laughs> yeah, she probably said when the time by the, when they're sixteen, then you accept them as friends, as equals. But it's a problem because mothers always think I, I'm the mother; they should listen. It's my child. <laughs> but it doesn't work that way once they get a certain age. <laughs> okay. So now the last thing is, um, we talked about the three principles of thriving community. So let's see what those three were. Um, treat everyone you encounter as if the success of your spiritual life depends on the quality of your interactions with them. Two, reflect upon the person you love the most and aspire to treat everyone with the same quality of love. Third, view all conflicts as your own fault first. See conflicts as a chance for growth, to clarify perceptions, to create synergy. Now the fourth one, realize the people in your present environment might very well be the people with whom you will live out your life and who will be with you at the time of death. So if that's true, that the people we're with now are going to be with us, our life companions, how would we behave with them? What would be our behavior? What are some ways we can show, yeah? If we're devotees, then we're living maybe with people that are not devotees so much, mm. then we'd have to, um, they'd have to know what we need at the time of death. Exactly. Okay, if you're a devotee and you're living with non-devotees, you would have to let them know what you need at the time of death. Yeah. But if they have devotees around you, Okay, give instructions. <laughs> give instructions. Uh, yeah, it was funny. I was, um, when my mother left her body, my son was there. And not while she was leaving, but she left overnight in her sleep and they woke up and she was, had left her body. And I was traveling. I was in a car, and somehow they got the phone number of the person next to me, or my phone, I think I did have a phone. They got my phone number. And my son said, what should I do? Your mother left, you know, what, now what should I do? 
I said, so you should chant. He said, any, any other, anything else I could do instead? <laughs> I said, okay, chant in the Shinga Mantra. He likes the Shinga Dave. <laughs> and my father, who had some water, holy water from Jamuna River, had sprinkled it on her. Just <coughs> like that, you know. So that was quite interesting. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's, he told me, and, 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 and your father sprinkled his water. I said, oh, that's the best thing, yeah. That's a good thing to do, yeah. Anyway, so we put her name, we were on our way to New Vrindavan, there's a the Lord Nishingade, we put her name under his lotus feet. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good to have a, a living will, which um, tells if you want to go to the hospital or not, if you want to be resuscitated or not, um, if you want, you know, all those tubes and things or not, or you want where, how you want to leave your body. It's good to have a living will and to express yourself and put it in the hands of somebody who you can, you know, depend on, who will live longer than you, hopefully. <laughs> we never know <laughs> these days. Yeah, yeah. Okay, anything else on this point? Um, how would you behave with your present company? And knowing, huh? With gratitude. Okay, good. Be grateful. Appreciate them. Great. Be grateful to them. Yes, be grateful. Gratitude is really important. Um, His Holiness Bhaktivedanta Maharaj wrote a book called Spiritual Warrior Four, and in this book he dealt with depression, anger, how to control your anger, how to counteract depression, how to uh, deal with panic attacks, how to deal with anxiety. Spiritual Warrior Four. It's on Vedabase, I believe, the latest Vedabase. Or you can buy it online. And in depression, the number one thing on the list how to counteract depression is gratitude. Yeah. So that's important. Yeah, recently I, I spoke with someone who had, was in depression. And she went to the best psychiatrist in her place. And the psychiatrist gave her so much medicine, but it didn't work. The medicine didn't work. And so I, I said, I told her to get this book and to try gratitude. And, and as soon as she did that, she, she had lost her job. Now she got a new job. And it's good. It's, yeah. It helps. So now we're going to, I'm going to share, and are we finished with that, or does anybody have anything else on that point? Okay. I'm going to share with you something by Bhakti Chaita Maharaj. And uh, there is one in his Swami, Bhitti's, his Beggar 2. This is from this, and it talks about different ways to be mindful. No, mindful is a big word now. Everybody wants to be mindful. So, um, uh, he talked about many things, mindful talking, mindful hearing. Those are the two things I'll share with you today. 
Uh, but he also talked about mindful eating, mindful walking, mindful breathing. We're just going to talk about, we're going to just talk about mindful talking and mindful hearing. So, and he's talking, uh, he's, he, he's writing to his uh, deity a picture of, of Damodar in his house. And he's addressing it to his deity of Krishna. He's saying, today, he's giving his report to the deity. Today I practiced mindful talking. I was extremely careful not to say anything to offend anyone. I imagined that each word was showering another soul either with the flower petals or with bricks. Devotional words are like flowers that will enhance another's well-being and celebrate that person's existence. Harsh or whimsical words are like assaults on others as if stoning them with bricks. With each person I encountered, I only discussed devotional topics. Therefore, I was feeling constantly enlivened as I reflected on all the glorious beings in my life. Later, when I returned to the temple, so he's, now he's seeing the picture of Krishna, you smiled and said, well done, my darling, well done. So that was his meditation on talking, mindful talking. Today, I practice mindful hearing. I reflected on how all conversation is a call to participate in certain activities or to accept certain mindsets. I chose to participate exclusively in devotional activities, and I only wanted to reflect on devotional topics. Thus, whenever there were discussions that did not invite me to participate in devotional activity or reflection, I would simply excuse myself from the environment. I even went out of my way to seek the association of those who invited me to glorify the Guru, Sadhus, and Divine Couple and I consciously avoided association of those who tried to entice me away from their love and shelter. When I returned to the temple, I noticed your picture smiling, as you said, well done, my darling, well done. <laughs> so I would like to end with that. I would just ask you one more question. What one thing could you do to improve community relations? What do you think would be a good thing you could do? that would improve relationships in the community. Yes. Appreciate more. Appreciate more. Appreciate others more. Yes. Be a good listener. Be a good listener. Okay. Anything? Yes. Don't find the faults. Don't find the faults. <laughs> good. Good. Involve. Yes. Involve them. Involve them. Okay. Involve them, yes. Engage them. People like to be involved. People like to be involved. Yes? You have to have a leader or something to do that, to give a forum for people to come together. Yeah. And, um, you need a leader to do that. And if you, if, if you don't have a leader, even if you don't have a leader, it just takes one person who has that desire who has a strong desire will make it happen. Somebody who has a strong desire for everyone to come together and do that, then, then it will happen. You need one person who has a strong desire. It, it doesn't necessarily require a leader, and that's the leader. The one who has the strong desire to do it, that's the leader. But what if that person has issues, you know, or 
people have issues with that person. Yeah, then, then we need another leader too. <laughs> another person. But still, the desire, they, by their pushing, it can happen. Not that they lead the group, but that they push to have it happen. They push to have this, this happen. Communication. Mm -hmm. Sharing knowledge. Sharing knowledge, okay. Having it if you're not just sharing it. Okay, sharing knowledge will help to improve community relations. Mm -hmm. When I first came in, you were speaking about something. Um, it was the topic of, I can't, you cut it off um, as soon as I got in, but it was about the court, Lord Nichinanda's court. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're talking about counting the faults of others. So if you count the faults of others, you're helping Yamarash in his court to judge people. And you will be judged in that court. If, and if, if I, I shared a quote from Narada Purana that if you find fault with somebody and your accusation is true, you will share in the sin, in the reaction that that person gets. If you, if you accuse somebody of something and the accusation is false, you will get double the sin of what you accuse the person of. You will get double the reaction. And so that, that's one court. And the other court is the court of Nityananda. So Nityananda doesn't find fault. So you can help Nityananda in his court by not finding fault, by forgiving. And that will, you will be judged in Nityananda's court. Yeah, I was talking about uh, fault finding. So, um, because in the early days, <clears throat> we all lived around the temple. So we went usually every morning for classes. And right. it, was, it was a lot more... Um, spiritually, we we're a lot more spiritually strong right. um, together. But since we're, we're all like a congregation now and we all live in homes, and some of us have got TV, some of us watch the news, the news becomes a more prominent hmm. thing in your life. So if you're finding fault with, you know, Donald Trump because he looks like cancer or something, you know, you know, is that still finding fault, or is that, you know, if you're trying to relate that to Krishna's world? <laughs> By seeing him as Kamsa. He's behaving like that. I would say it's, it, it would, what is the effect it has on you to, to talk like that and to watch the news? What, see how it affects your consciousness. Judge for yourself. Is this helping me advance in spiritual life? by watching the news and calling him Kamsa, or is it bringing me down? How does it affect you when you engage in that? Be introspective and see. Uh, for me, I, I, the news depresses me. It, I, I, really. I mean, it makes me uh, upset. So I don't watch the news. <laughs> don't. We, did, we, did, we never used to. I know. And now it seems like this climate change, you can see that maybe they're all waking up and they might all start chanting. So you keep looking, you know, to see... But I don't think you'll find that in the news. <laughs> <laughs> Good things don't happen. <laughs> I don't think you'll find good things like that. That will be... When you go out to spread it, then you find the, Then you can see that happening. When you go to Harinam and book distribution, then you can see if these things are happening or then you can judge.
So when you're seeing, you're seeing all these bushfires and everything, right? And you're, you know, you're knowing, or you're feeling like Krishna, the super soul, is working. He's showing them that they've got to stop polluting all the atmosphere, like Kalia polluting mm. the atmosphere. Right. So, um, is it wrong to? Are you getting a reaction for that if you're trying to see it in, in, through the lens of the scripture and to Krishna consciousness? No, no. We see. We as we said. I think in today's morning class that Australia didn't pay its water bill, so it didn't get rain. And um, but you shouldn't dwell on it; don't make it an issue, because then it becomes very negative for your Krishna consciousness. Don't make it. Don't make climate change an issue. Don't make the fires an issue. Of course, there's ways to deal with it, just like Mahavishnu Maharaj wrote a letter to the Prime Minister saying if you allow us to have kirtan on the TVs and we have thousands of people chanting, then it can stop your fires. He did that. And so, and people will think he's crazy, but, uh, I mean, that's how he saw it, the solution. Mm -hmm. It's changing that collective consciousness, what you're giving energy to. Yeah. Where is your energy going yes. out? And yes. it just feeds it. And so those yeah. fires were fueled by a lot of that negativity um, right. from a lot of people that aren't. Exactly. You feel it with your negativity. That's true. But if you can see it as a positive thing, that it's opening people up to change, that they might start believing there is a God, yeah. but they've got to turn to But the question is, okay, you might see it like that. What are you doing? Okay. What are you, you doing to, to help the bushfires? What are you doing to stop it? Well, I was actually feeling, I don't want to stop it. <laughs> you know, I could see, you know, Krishna could swallow the forest fire. Right. I, I felt like, you know... You think it's good for them. Yeah, if the kid doesn't listen to what you're saying, and they won't, you have to be cruel to be kind sometimes. You have to touch their circumstances yeah. so they will. But I would be careful. I would, I would, don't make assumptions. Don't make assumptions. Be careful. When, when you think negative things are good, then... <laughs> it'll come back on you. <laughs> you think, okay, let's see. <laughs> how how is it good? Um, yes. Can I just ask one question? Like, you can say fault finding and hmm. opinion. Fault finding. And it is my opinion. It is my opinion. opinion. Yes, this is how your, your negative opinion. opinion. Yes, but like you said, you should tell the truth. You should tell the truth. But Gita says in a, in a positive way. In a positive way. Yeah. It's more like I think or opinion. Yeah. In a way to help. In a way to help. Yeah, I would be careful about making assumptions uh, that, you know, it's good for the people. <laughs> Don't make that assumption. Uh, it's your opinion, yes. It's your opinion, but don't make an assumption that these fires are good for the people. And don't put it on Facebook. <laughs> or else <laughs> you will get you will get something some reaction. Okay, any other any questions uh, or anything here at this point? Yes. I have a question. Like we all have factors in our life or circumstances. I think some of them are um, controllable, some of them are beyond our influence. 
Um, and sometimes we struggle to accept the things that we can't control or influence. Right. How do we um, how do we develop that innate quality to actually accept things beyond our How do we develop the quality to accept things beyond our control? Yeah, isn't there, do, does anybody know that Christian prayer? Um, uh, serenity prayer? So can you say that? Yes. Um, God give me the serenity to change the things I can change. The courage, I think. Give me the courage, the courage to, change to change the things I can't change. Accept the things that I can't change. Accept the things that I can't change. And the wisdom to know the difference. And the wisdom to know the difference. So you can pray, in other words. When everything fails, of course, we should pray before everything fails. Uh, but <laughs> usually when everything fails, people pray. Yeah, like the bushfires have, have made people pray. I've seen that uh, on the Facebook that uh, I never prayed before in my life, and now I'm praying. <laughs> yeah, they're asking people, and everybody was saying they're praying. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, you can pray when nothing works. But it's good to pray even before that it comes to that. Pray, make prayer a, a habit of your day. You can make a, make a prayer of thankfulness. Thank you, Krishna, for giving me these wonderful things that I can use in your service. Thank you for giving me this body, this health. Health, we take things for granted until you get old. <laughs> then anything can happen. <laughs> you can lose something at any time. You're hearing, you're Anything can happen when you're old. That was the one uh, Niranjan Swami said, uh, you know you're, you, have, you have hit old age when, when you wake up in the morning and you feel some pain in your body somewhere. And if one morning you wake up and there's no pain, that means you're dead. <laughs> this is old age. <laughs> and I can vouch for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To this question, a question. About that we, we have How, yeah, what, what about doing things you can't control? We can't control anything. Mm -hmm. So just having the trust. Having trust. Having the trust to know it's, everything is already as it should be. Okay, having the trust to know everything is as it should be, and Krishna is putting you in the best situation for your progress. Yes. Krishna is he's giving you the best thing that you need right now. So you should say, thank you, Krishna, mm -hmm. uh, for... <laughs> Even when difficulties come, you should say, thank you, thank you, Krishna. Not only for the good things. See, everything is his mercy. That's an advanced vision of a devotee. That this is your mercy upon me. That, thank you. Rajan was actually saying in the last um, seminars, he was giving that the things that we go through, you know, the issues we've got in this life, they're coming sometimes from a previous life. Yeah. We can't um, discern how to fix them. Yeah. yeah, the issues... Yeah, well, obviously they're coming from a previous life, mostly. Because this body is all from our previous life. It's, what, it's the combination, total combination of our previous lives that we have now. So, yeah, some of the issues go beyond this, this life with other people. So not, not all of them, but some of them, you can trace. And you can go to somebody and do your previous life, go backwards and try to fix it, but it doesn't always work that way. We have to do the work now.
Any other questions, comments? Jai, I'll go to your Prabhupada. Thank you for coming. Hare Krishna.